Hello, and welcome to Making a Better New Podcast. I'm your host, Stephen Keshishian, and today, um, to preview our new episode, I have Dr. Woodson with me. How are you, Dr. Woodson? How are you? I'm good. I'm good. How are you? It's doing good. Doing well. Doing well. Thank you. So our episode, the one we've been working on for the past couple of weeks, is um, unintended insults and micro inequities. But what was the inspiration for this episode? Oh, the inspiration. You know, this has been an interesting environment to see how people respond and navigate when someone has caused them offense. I, uh, it's not unique to New College. People don't deal well with responding to protecting their space or signaling that uh, a comment or behavior was problematic. Uh, we either have a tendency to sweep it under the rug or we tend to snap back you know, pretty sharply. And that's something that I've seen throughout my life, but I definitely see it being a dynamic at New College. I, I appreciate the fact that uh, we talked about uh, the term micro inequities versus microaggression, which I think is a more commonly used term. But I think the term microaggression carries a bit of baggage that's, that gets in the way because it, even though microaggressions are by definition in the dictionary, potentially intentional or unintentional, we tend, people tend to hear that term and think about purposefully putting somebody down or being antagonistic. And frankly, I think we definitely need to have strategies and protocols for dealing with intentional antagonism. But when someone says something that's offensive, but it was not intended to be offensive, and we believe that their, uh, their offense was perhaps innocent, we probably would respond a little differently than we think if they're intentionally stepping on our bunions, if you will. For sure, 100%. And that's, you know, the most important thing about community is growing and learning together. And with that, we're going to highlight key talking points from some of our community members. Thank you. Thanks to you. Thank you. I'm looking forward to hearing what happens. And today I have a very special guest, Liz Mena. Go ahead, Liz, introduce yourself, tell us a little bit about you. Yeah, hi all, uh, my name is Liz Mena. I'm an international area studies AOC. I am a transfer student and I believe this is my last year at New College, I'm a thesis student. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, that's awesome, Liz, I'm super happy to have you here. Today's episode is micro inequities and unintended insults. So, um, do you have a story of you know your NCF um, community where you have um, either been unintentionally offended or um, said something unintentionally offensive, and just you know the whole response to it or learning from it and communicating about it? So yeah, I remember my first um, semester at New College. I was talking with somebody and I I accidentally used their their the wrong pronouns and they corrected me on it and then for like a, like three seconds later I like realized what happened and I was like oh my god like I wasn't like paying attention and I kind of just like went with my default um instead of like also like being like mindfully like 
present and like, you know, trying to remember um, where I'm at, like who I'm talking to and like the people around me. Right. And then I realized that that was like an unintentional, um, you know, my, it was me unintentionally offending someone because I wasn't, you know, like, um, referring to them in the way that they felt comfortable and so um it was it was that situation that kind of like woke me up that I realized um like I guess how new college has really integrated and cultivated that like um at least in terms of the student body right um how to like just be more actively aware of like pronoun use right and like you know being okay with using the the correct pronouns and like being okay with correcting people if they get them wrong and stuff like that and like I was thankful that this person corrected me because I was like hey yeah like I'm supposed to be like aware of what's happening and like even if I came from a place because I I grew up in Miami I went to a predominantly um like just like uh Latino um college right and it was like it was just different. It didn't mean that people weren't using different pronouns. It just meant that like um, we were we weren't integrating them in the community in the, in the student body in the same way that I think New College does. So it was like that switch of like scenarios for me or places um, kind of affected how frequent I thought about it. But ever since that moment, I think about it and I'll refer back to that moment and like always ask the person if I'm not sure or something like that. Um, but that was that was an issue. That was a moment mm-hmm. where I. I unintentionally offended somebody. Yeah. And um, how do you think the person's response and the way they um, reacted helped your learning experience, understanding that? So. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. I mean, like, like I said, they they corrected me, and if it wasn't for that, like, I wouldn't be aware of like you know whether I even hurt their feelings and stuff like that, or made mm-hmm. them uncomfortable. Um, maybe it is it isn't even about like hurting their feelings, but making them uncomfortable, which is also something that we could avoid if we just simply. Mm-hmm used used the right way. My next guest is Professor Christopher Kotke, a professor of mathematics who is now in his fifth year at New College. As a professor, you lead workshops in which many students are engaging with each other. And has there been a situation where you felt that maybe students have made remarks to each other that could be um, offensive? And how have you as a moderator of that space kind of engaging in corrective behavior as a moderator? Now, I don't know that I have a specific instance of that to share. Um, But I mean, it is a concern of mine to try to model the kind of community interaction uh, that I hope goes on among students, even in the absence of a professor. So, you know, I think it's important when I'm running small groups like workshops or tutorials to you you know, cultivate certain values in the community of students that's working together um, that are around, you know, affirming each other's contributions, not being competitive um, and things of that nature that I hope then bleed out into how students interact with each other in mathematics outside the classroom. Um, But again, it's also a fine line. I mean, there's, you know, there's friendly banter. You want people to be comfortable with one another. Uh, I don't necessarily want people to feel like it's a completely stuffy atmosphere in a workshop. I want people to feel comfortable and, and humanized. Um, but yeah, then that also opens up the possibility for for unintentional offenses. So for our last question today, um, what are the qualities that you would associate with a community that has a high degree of inclusiveness? And you know how those qualities show up in um, you know your experience in the classroom? Yeah, I think to me, the characteristics of a high degree of inclusiveness 
are about really operating from a place of recognizing each other's humanity and also really being open to understanding each other's different experiences and perspectives. So, um, you know, if someone's going to challenge me based on something that I said, I would hope that I could challenge myself to approach it from a place of openness and willingness to grow rather than to uh, view it as an attack and to retreat into a, a defensive position. You know, I, I hope that, yeah, our community can, can cultivate that sense of being open to really learn from one another and understand each other's perspectives, even if we don't always end up agreeing on them, um, to really kind of understand where we're all coming from based on our backgrounds and experiences, I think leads to a really positive culture. For sure. And, um, you know, I'd like to thank you for your time today, Dr. Kaki. Um, yeah, it's been my pleasure. I appreciate everything you're doing on our um, 4C committee and in the work to continue to put into the classroom. Um, it's great to have you as a member of our community. Well, I appreciate being here. Thanks for the invitation, Stephen. Thank you. I'm now going to move to my interview with Sergeant Mastin. Sergeant Kelly Mastin is a veteran police officer who has served our new college community for more than 11 years at our police department. I asked Sergeant Mastin if she recalled an experience when she had unintentionally insulted someone. She shares the following story. About seven years ago that I recall in which I unintentionally insulted someone. While taking a report, I referred to the individual I was speaking with as he, unaware that I offended them, they began shouting at me that I did not use the correct pronoun. I let them know sorry that I was unaware and asked them what pronoun they prefer. When they advised me of their pronoun, I made sure I used the correct pronoun and or the name they preferred to go by. What I've learned from several inclusive training sessions at NCF is when someone asks you to use their pronouns, they are asking for you to respect their identity. When someone refers to another person using the wrong pronouns, especially on purpose, this can lead to that person feeling disrespected and can lead to the feeling of exclusion and alienation. Even though this incident was not intentional or malicious, I apologized quickly, moved on, and respected them throughout the rest of our encounter. You know, and, and thank you for that. I think, you know, how beneficial was the, the training to, you know, keep up on? The training through the last seven, eight years since we started here has been really beneficial for us. Mm -hmm. I think it's important that we are constantly involving in uh, just our lives and also in the law enforcement world as well. Mm -hmm. You know, it's really good to hear the investment that the school is making and kind of curating that campus and climate. And I'm glad that the situation was able to be de-escalated. Um, now, you know, this goes both ways. Sometimes we uh, unintentionally insult people and sometimes they unintentionally insult us. And how do you respond to those incidents uh, personally or at work if they happen to you? Sure. Um, personally, I find myself not getting offended very often. Um, if I do find myself unintentionally offended, for me personally, I found the best way I can handle that situation is to kindly let that person know what offended me and explain why. Uh, when someone is not intentional in offending you, I feel there's more room to have an open discussion to better understand each other and each other's feelings. Um, I also try to reserve judgment on something, um, meaning I would just need to know more about why someone may have offended me or the thoughts that they may be having. 
and something I've really thought about uh, the last several years uh, with this is if we take a step back in life and we look at the world around us and we keep an open heart and an open mind, uh, someone may need our forgiveness and someone needs our willingness to overlook being offended. Mm -hmm. And you know, that's what community about is about. Absolutely. And, uh, thank you so much for your time. So no problem. Thank you. My next guest is Interim Dean Randy Harold. Randy has been part of the new college community since October 2019. Um, I do apologize for the occasional audio glitch you may hear in this interview. During your time in higher ed, have there been situations where you've worked with people who have refused to acknowledge a personal bias that's affecting colleagues and coworkers, how were you able to navigate that space if you were? That's, that's tough, you know, because in my position in student affairs, I'm often put in a place of enforcer mm -hmm. and uh, quickly comes to mind a situation that I had at the last campus I was at, uh, this, mm -hmm. a Caucasian football player mm -hmm. who felt that it was his right to have a Confederate flag in his in his residence hall room. Mm -hmm. Now this was in the very early two thousands, uh, and there was not uh, there was not a universal recognition that a Confederate flag was a hate statement in and of itself. Uh, but we were a very diverse campus, and he had put the flag up in his room. Mm -hmm. And we had to we had to tell him that it had to come down, mm -hmm. and there wasn't there wasn't a lot of room for me to be negotiating at that point. Mm -hmm. There was room to say it's going to come down. Mm -hmm. We can talk about the whys, but the bottom line is it's going to come down. Mm -hmm. I think I may be missing the point a little bit here, but there are times mm -hmm. when we have to say no. This has to be different. Mm -hmm. But we don't have to say, we don't have to be, so I had to cancel the behavior. Mm -hmm. So I had to do the can, cancel culture mm -hmm. behaviorally, mm -hmm. but I didn't have to debase the, the individual in the process. Mm -hmm. um, and, and there was room, once the, once the yelling stopped on the part of the student, there was room to talk about the why. But there are times when we, as a community, have to say that, this behavior goes against our our mm -hmm. our ethics it, and that's a perfect balance between having a conversation and knowing when not to tolerate intolerance and there's a fine line we have to draw it's our you know you not to be biblical here but so I won't be so there's a fine line to draw whether we're not condemning the person condemning the actions and trying to have a conversation because you know i'm a firm believer of your freedom ends when other people's freedoms start right. that his his expression whether even the confederate the rebel state whatever you want to call it is in opposition to the safety of black students on that campus exactly and understanding that we have to i would say give room to have the conversation and come in from good intentions but when when people don't respond to them then when you have to do the hard line and hard thinking. And this example really shows that every situation is unique and different. And that the same 
yes or no black and white answer doesn't really work. Um, I'm, I don't mean to interpret for you, but that's what I got from yes, that, that is, assessment. That is absolutely correct. And that's, that's awesome. Those are some great conversations. I really enjoyed that, Stephen. You did a great job. Thank you for bringing those conversations to the community. Thank you for the community members for uh, lending their voice to make this happen. Yeah, we, we had to keep having these conversations. I, I definitely heard some things that made me think, uh, got some answers to some questions. And I think I have some new questions too, but we can get back into that in maybe another episode. For sure. It's all about always learning and continuing to grow. Yeah. Thanks so much. Uh, thank you all, everyone, for listening to Making a Better New. And uh, we will see you on the other side next time around. For sure. We'll see you. Thank you so much for listening. Bye-bye.